My friend, welcome. Hey, cheers. Thanks cheers. for having me, dog. Thanks for coming. So we're drinking cold sake, and this is episode seven yes. of the Sudoverse podcast, and we're joined by none other people know, but I'm going to do a great intro anyway. Matt Dean, a.k.a. Kipto. Me, baby. He's a professional artist. One of the most professional, probably muralists on the internet who travels the globe, has large-scale murals everywhere. He's also a fine artist. He's also a videographer, a filmer. He's also a director. He has, you know, corporate clients and global murals globally around the world. And he's also a really nice guy. And he also has a channel on YouTube where he documents and, you know, displays his travels. And it's really exciting. So I'm really happy you're here. Um, I'm happy to be here, bro. And I why are you here? Podcast. You're just here for a couple of days? uh i just finished like a mural tour so i started in la mm -hmm. uh it's been like over a month now i started in la i uh, did a mural fest there with some homies and then uh went to marion illinois which is like a very southern part of illinois close to kentucky there and like did a one of my biggest murals yet is 175 feet long across oh, this huge back side of this um cultural and civic center they have there yeah it's super cool it was, uh it was a big commission that i did and then i took the train up to chicago mm. met up with 1000 and modustrial maker we did a three-way collab on youtube i love it painted his garage there that was super fun for like a day and a half and then i went to another wall in chicago and painted for another week with another guy named thomas turner mm -hmm. who uh they kind of like the festival titan walls which was a big festival there in chicago they bringing a whole bunch of artists paint walls and stuff um they kind of set us up on the same wall because it was pretty big and it was a little bit too big for us to tackle by ourselves so they put us together and we did kind of split it in half and meshed it in the middle and we didn't, didn't even meet each other right until we got to the wall and then like by the end of the time painting we were like super homies and it was like such a great time and i was just like really really fun and you'll have to send me some pictures because we will overlay it for this yeah, because awesome. that's a busy ass august huh and then yeah and then i went to uh connecticut for my buddy's wedding mm -hmm. got to see one of my best friends get married and then uh, i was really close to new york city and i'm saw your your space on youtube and i was like man i haven't been in new york city in a minute and i love to hang out with you and do a cool thing so here i am awesome dude yeah that's wonderful i mean we are i would consider us internet pals like we talk here and there and i've talked to you for years but actually you know to throw it way back we have met before way back when with mm -hmm. jt real short story kipto was nice enough i was in la with jt and um i kind of hit up kipto way before my youtube channel was anything i was just a random kid asked him if he wanted to meet up and paint and he got us a wall at the graph lab and we painted all day made a video together and you drove me around we went to that awesome museum and you were so nice and kind man seriously and it was such a good memory and like it was just very generous and then you know we've just been doing our own youtube thing and we talk here and there mm -hmm. um but yeah it's awesome that we're hanging out and also for the people listening um we're gonna do an awesome painting kind of um video where we're gonna paint each other so that will be a separate video if you want to check that out mm -hmm. but i kind of want to just dive in and i have wonderful questions but i want to know especially for painters and people in your position I want to know like the kind of beginning stages of maybe like your high school career, like getting into art, like did you go to art school? I kind of know about you because I'm a super fan, but mm -hmm. for the populace, can you just run through like the formative years of becoming an artist and uh, sure, gaining yeah. your skills? Uh, I mean, I've always been an artist. I've always been that art kid mm -hmm. that everyone knows does art and draws and stuff. And 
Like I've always been creative. Like I don't even know where I came from. No, nobody else in my family is even creative in any sort of like wow. art capacity. So like I kind of like fell from space and crash landed. <laughs> and then like my parents were like, oh, this looks cute. And then they just like raised me. But like, yeah. um, no, like my family was super supportive of everything I've ever done. And they, like they're a big part of my success. Like I really appreciate my family. But like I was growing up and I was like, and I started drawing and I had a bunch of sketchbooks as a kid. I'd always be drawing stuff. Like I would go to the comic book stores and draw all the comics. And I would even like go to the doctor's office and there'd be like a hepatitis B brochure like on the <laughs> wall. And like, I didn't, I didn't know what that was as a kid. I picked it up. There was like a superhero like blasting the hepatitis oh, right. B monster. I was like, that's Some awesome. Osmosis Jones shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I drew that in my sketchbook. And, uh, and so, man, I've always just been a creative kid. And then I started getting into like movies, like 13 year old. My mom got like, uh, this was, I don't know what year it was. I can't do math right mm -hmm. now. But like, it was like when digital cameras first started coming out, those point and shoot cameras. Right. And they had like a movie mode. It was like mm. 240p. Mm. And like, I discovered that one day and I started making like stupid videos of my action figures. And they started grow and grow and grow. I started like writing these scripts for like mission impossible fan films i get all my kids at the lunch table involved I and i bring that. them over to my house and like every year i would write a new script for the summertime and i would bang out this action movie every summer and they get bigger and bigger and bigger every year Whoa. and um like there was almost to a point where like the movie making would like take over my love for art mm. and then i came to a point in after i graduated high school like I did that my high school had a really great art program and I would even like I stood out quite a lot and my teacher noticed and she invited me to like freshman year she invited me to these um portrait painting sessions like every other Saturday where there would be like 45 minutes away from my house like um there would be these adults that would do these portrait painting sessions every Saturday with a live model and they would set up the lighting and they would paint from nine to 12 on Saturdays yeah, and get that. together and like have workshops and stuff. And I started with like charcoal. Uh, I didn't know how to paint back then. I just started with charcoal and I was like, you know, pretty bad. And then I just kept going and going and going. I get better and better. And uh, I learned from the adults around me and they would teach me new things. And Mark Hayden was like one of the, you know, like the main instructors there. And he was like a professional oil painter. And that was the first time I met a, a real artist. Shout out like, Mark. Yeah. So. And so you were taking it seriously throughout high school. It was like a hobby, but you got these opportunities. You had the good art program. So you were taking it seriously. Yeah. And gaining skills. Um, but I was always like putting extra into mm -hmm. it. You know, there was like my teacher wouldn't have invited me if I didn't have like the, the oomph and the potential to begin with. And, totally. And like I feel blessed to be able to like have the opportunities as well. Um, and uh yeah then i graduated high school and i was like oh you know i guess i should go to college mm. you know I'm, i grew up in new hampshire um on the east coast there so like you know i was privileged enough to be able to like you know afford to go to college so it, it was like i was like privileged enough to have that option um you know i paid for it quite dearly afterwards in student loans obviously like everyone but like uh i looked at a few different schools i even looked at like the expensive ones like you know scad and mm -hmm. georgia and stuff but 
you know, I didn't know if I wanted all that, like the super art school, like the rigorous curriculum. I don't even think I, I got along with the art kids back then. Like I got along with the regular kids and, um, like I wanted to be able to swim as well. I was a swimmer in high oh, school. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was a. I started on like I was a like a really terrible swimmer. Well, not nice. Actually, not true. I was like a pretty good natural swimmer. Mm-hmm. I'd always beat the kids in the backyard pool, and then I joined the swim team. I was like, I can do this. And I realized like, holy cow, this is way more effort than I thought it was. Like this is super hard and all the kids were lapping me like crazy. But then I got better and better and better like every year and I was like second in the state for breaststroke as a senior. And I was like, I wanna keep doing this. You got them nice shoulders, them lanky body (laughs) parts. I was like, and I was like, I was like meant for it. And I was like, I I wanna wanna keep doing this. So So that was a part of the decision making of going to higher education. I went to, I chose UMass, University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth, not the Dartmouth Ivy League school like everyone thinks. It's just like a branch from University of Massachusetts mm-hmm. and they had a pretty good art program. They had illustration program and they had like fine art painting and graphic design, but I chose illustration because I thought, you know, that seemed like, that just kind of felt like the right choice. Like I could do like, you know, magazines or like so comic to books or stuff. a career sort of thing. Some sort of career right. thing, you okay. know. That makes um, sense. And so, yeah, I did all four years. I got my bachelor's in illustration. And um, I was just kind of like going through the motions, I felt like, at school. I, st- I still had literally no idea what I wanted to do or how I m- my art wanted to look. I would like just follow the assignments pretty well, like to the T. But like every assignment was like this way and mm-hmm. this way and this way. I was like doing the assignments really well, but that didn't really mean shit for like what I wanted to do or what I want my art to look like. And I would do do summer projects where I would like spend the entire summer doing personal pieces and I'd do clothing and I would paint my hats and I would do these big graffiti canvases and then I would do watercolors and like caricatures and like I was all over the map. Yeah, so a little of everything. A little of everything. Just trying stuff, which I guess is like good in the end to just try a bunch of things, figure out what you do like and what you don't like. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really help because I liked all of them. Yeah. And so... I was still like by the end of of graduating college, I was just like, like they taught you how to make art, but they didn't teach you how to be an artist. That's exactly right. And I have a lot to say about that, but yeah, I I know what you mean. And so then you're just kind of like, you know, you get a nursing degree and you apply at hospitals. Mm -hmm. You get an art degree and you're like, what do I do with this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I remember before that, every job I applied to, you know, like, you know, as a kid growing up doing odd jobs here and there and stuff, every, pretty much every job I applied to, I got. And right after I graduated college, literally every job I applied to got shut down. And these were what kind of jobs? Like illustrated jobs or? I even applied to like graphic design right, for like the newspaper. The generic got stuff. Shut down. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to rethink this whole thing. And This like, is interesting. I even I was like applying to like Nike and Adidas because mm. they had like internships and stuff and I had to like sure. design clothes and do a proposal and like still didn't make it in and I'm just like all right well none of this seems to be up my lane I'm not doing the right stuff and and then my one of my old professors um I got like a, like an inkling for murals somehow I did a, a mural in high school actually my uh swim team pool like literally like the day before senior night, I had like six hours on a Sunday from like 12 to 6 p.m. 
to paint this little mural on the back wall of our swimming pool with the mascot going like ah, with his goggles nice. and his swim gear and stuff i love that that was like my first like mural you know uh -huh. and i was like oh this is cool it looked like crap back then but like i did it i don't believe that and uh <laughs> and then um you know, i went through and i was doing graph too as a 16 17 okay because i was gonna ask yeah so yeah i was doing graph with with a high school homie of mine um a little bit here and there but it wasn't anything like i was trying to get a name up or anything yeah we were just writing shit. just hobbies so you just were clearly a pocket of hobbies with yeah within art for everything yeah um which i feel like is a lot of people you know sure i mean that's i i basically have the same story i just didn't go to school yeah i bet you know it's the same sort of kid taking it way more seriously than just drawing at school whatever yeah. but I, I i mean like i know kind of what happened you made this huge jump right to move out to la by yourself yeah. didn't have a thing a little bit later but not yeah. to jump forward but i mean yeah but there's a there's a YouTube video explaining. How I know, I but so so give us an elevator pitch. So that was like a yeah. huge what? what so then, about the all right. Decision? So after after school, there was an old professor um, who hit me up, hooked me up with her brother, and her brother was working for a housing company uh, corporation in uh, Onlyville, Providence, Rhode Island. They're looking to paint a mural. I was looking to paint a mural, so it was like boom, big match. And uh, after a few months of negotiating and doing all the bureaucracy bullshit mm -hmm. and like trying to find a wall and like this one was perfect, and then like couldn't get the the permits or like the parking garage, parking space cleared or whatever, because these people own this, whatever. And I was, I quickly realized like painting murals is not just about art. There is yeah. so much other moving parts and other stuff. You Coordination. Have to get coordinating with these people and like clearing, clearing the, you know, the lot for this and getting the wall permission. <laughs> no, like there's right. so much stuff. And I realized like, wow, this is way more effort than I thought. Mm -hmm. But then finally I found my own walls. Like, let me just do this myself because like oh, really? that's, like they're only gonna help me so far, but I'm the one who wants to paint the mm -hmm. most. So I'm gonna do it myself and mm -hmm. figure my own wall out. And I just found one right around the corner. And then I asked them and we got permission. I was like, let's just do this wall. And they're like, okay. And then I got all the materials that I thought that I needed. Like I was just winging it. Like, okay, I get this bucket paint and this spray paint. This well, might be that, yeah. this much. Like, I don't know. No like spray I, paint at this point? No, it was all, I had sprays. Oh, okay. It's like pretty much the same uh, process I do today. Oh, okay. But like, yeah. I, use the pole to sketch it out on the wall mm -hmm. and then like i filled in the background and then i used the sprays and this is my first time like really using sprays for like art like a mural like right. a big like and i didn't know what i was doing i was still using like cardboard to cut lines and stuff oh, i love that and then um it took me like seven days to paint this uh super boys on the side of this building which was actually like for kids so i painted this this boy, he's got like a super boy, like what? That was your first one? Yeah. No way. Yeah. We'll put a picture up, Chris. That is an epic mural. Yeah. There's a video on this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There's no video no. of me making the mural. Right, but you know, no. explain. Wow, me. dude, that is, I love that mural with yeah. the cape and everything and the toy plane. Mm -hmm. Oh man, people, that's crazy. It's actually stop like, being so I, humble, bro. That I, mural is so sick. I had him with like a a squirt gun and a red white and blue popsicle yeah. like a gun and a okay. sword but they're like let's like deal away with the weapon mm -hmm. analogies so i was like okay and i did two toy airplanes and then he's like and uh yeah that was my first real big mural and so not to speak for you but were you just enthused with energy and excitement and motivation once to keep I, going because you were finished amped? that i was just like 
oh my God, like this feeling that I've been waiting for yeah. forever is finally upon me. Like I know what I want to do now. And like, I feel like I just want to keep doing this like as yeah. much as I can. And like finally found a lane to sink my teeth into. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you executed the balls out of that one. So you're like, yeah. let's do more. But, but so, sorry, keep going. But the thing is like, you know, there was a bunch of like uh, graph blogs back then where they were posting a bunch of work from everyone around the world. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to do this mural. I'm going to post it on this blog. I'm mm -hmm. going to get people's attention and then I'm going to blow the up. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. So you had that inclination of trying to expose it. Yeah. So I was like, let's do this. I emailed them my work. I was like, get that on your blog. Boink. Crickets. Well, Didn't yeah. even hear back from the blog. So this is all before Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, actually, no, I think I just started my Instagram, but. But it was very like, wee, small platform back then. I had then. like 100 followers or something, just yeah. my friends. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, dude, I was like, quickly realized like, oh, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. But I'm down for the work. Yeah. So. And so then what about the trip to LA? Because I like, I feel like that's so dramatic. And it's also one of those things where like, it's kind of like the dream and it's similar to almost being an actor. It's like, I'm going to drop everything. I don't really have much plans. I don't know what your plans were, but like, let me just go to LA and try to make it as an artist. But did you have that, you know, kind of agenda and narrowed vision of murals, freelance, you know, street artist also was the video aspect and document documentary work from the get go also like, can you run us through that move? Uh, yes. Yeah, Look, so I have it right here moving to LA. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> I was bumming around uh, New Hampshire for like about a year after school mm -hmm. and uh, I was even like passing out flyers and brochures and trying to get my own work. I got a, awesome. you know, I got a few jobs, uh, mural jobs here and there. I did one for like a gymnastics studio. I did one for a restaurant. Um, you know, I was still like getting work, but it was a little few and far between, but I was still, you know, making money and mm practicing business and, mm. and getting my work out there and like even speaking for myself trying to get my own work like, yeah i quickly realized like no one's gonna get work for me like i have to get my own work for totally. me and so yeah being very proactive about it and um slowly slowly building a portfolio for myself and then there was just like this feeling where i was like i don't even belong here anymore like why do i have to stay where i grew up like you know, this is stupid. Like I've always had big hard eyes for LA and I'm just like, I came to New York City actually to, cause it was kind of like, I either have to move to New York or move to LA. The two big cities. And New York was closer and I actually had um an old, like my old art teacher who invited me to those portrait drawings. Mm -hmm. She hooked me up with her old student. Um, He was like in his forties and he met me at like a holiday event in Londonderry. And he's like, you want to come? stay at my place for a week in Brooklyn, show you around. That's sweet. I was like, great. So I went to New York for like a week and pretended to live here. Mm -hmm. And I tried to do as many things as possible. I like went to all the figure drawing workshops that I could to meet a bunch of people. You know, I partied a bunch and then I was like, you know, taking the train and just getting the gist of the city. Right. And then um, I was like, okay, I kind of, you know, I, I get it. But I still want to see LA though. <laughs> and I had never been there. And I'm just like, well, shit, man, I'm not going to fly out there. Like, might as well, like, just take my car, like, and drive. 
Yeah. And I'll do like a cool ass like trip across the country. That's like a bucket list thing. Of course. Totally. And like that's what the US is great for. Like if you've never done yeah, a trip no, across right. the country, you should do I that. I completely agree. Very soon. Because it's one of the like greatest American pastimes to drive across the country. Yeah, I agree. And so it was awesome, man. I went from New Hampshire. I went down to Virginia uh, and Richmond, and I saw like all of my favorite mural artists work there, like in person. Mm-hmm. I even like one of my favorite works of all time, Etam Crew. They did a piece called Moonshine, and it was like one of the most popular works of 2013. And uh, it was there in Richmond, and I even bought a print of that work that Hell sold yeah. out in like 22 seconds. I got like number 36. Holy moly! And I was like, I went down and I saw that mural specifically in person as massive as it was and i was just like it's almost like taking the red pill you know and i was like this is a real thing like it's 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 like i my i took like somehow put my glasses on i realized like this is like a real thing that people do Mm -hmm. and i was like i can do this you know it's it's right there it's just paint on a wall it's not magic or anything and um so yeah then i kept going i went to new orleans and i'm or New Orleans, however you say it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I kept going through Texas, which took like basically half the time because Texas is massive. Yeah, so you went the southern route. Um, but it was cool. Like there was some there was some parts of Texas where it was like uh, these like super flat, and then there were like these be these weird mounds, and then the road it looked like someone took a butter knife and just went really in like That's funny sucked the mound out and put the road right through it, it was like some of those spongebob scenes when they're going jellyfish yeah. it's like doo, doo, doo. yeah it's weird i've man. never been to texas but that was cool and the speed limit's like 80 miles an hour and then yeah. i you know i would sleep in my car the whole way across the street across the across the u.s mm-hmm. and i would see these like absolutely incredible night skies Ooh. like especially in texas and i would just be like literally in the middle of nowhere like brushing my teeth looking up at the sky and being like Wow, this is amazing. And just like soak it in as I was going. I was just by myself, just doing just doing stuff. And, yeah. and then, you know, um, I made it to Austin and I painted a little mural there, like oh, quickie cool. at the Castle Hill there. And like immediately you met like five cool people there and like still in touch with them today. Love that. And then uh, went to Phoenix, Arizona. And I was just like walking around Phoenix and uh, bumping into these guys like who are painting like in their backyard or on the street or whatever. And I was like, hey, what's up? I started talking to them and I was like, hey, I'm an artist too. I love mm-hmm. your work. And we like immediately hit it off. Um, and then he kind of showed me around, showed me his crew and showed me some of his work around town on the walls. And then the next day, you know, we found, we like got hooked up with a wall and like literally the next morning, we blasted a wall all day, like uh, in Glendale, on the back of a motorcycle shop. Did this cool, like Poseidon mural. So, oh hell yeah! I was like already painting murals, like on the way to L.A. So and- I'm just picturing <laughs> the potential energy and the how virile you were, just on this trip, just slowly getting more excited and like. I mean, were you trying to convince yourself, or you you made the decision to drive across the country? It was like this is what I'm doing. So you were already kind of committed. Already committed. Yeah. I mean. So you just. Hit the if ground get, running. If I could get murals on the way to LA, like, yeah, obviously. No, you know? but that's great. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And like, people might be listening, like, oh, how does it happen? Like, are you getting paid for this? Like, how do you get materials? Like, we're just paying for stuff ourselves. We're yeah. not, obviously, we're not getting paid for this stuff. We're just painting to paint and yeah. to get up and to, like, you know, have fun and also to get the work out there. Like, it's, I think it's that's a, a good point because, like, 
of course you're professionally this is your career and you've made money but those formative days are like you're just trying to grind yeah. because you like it and obviously the uh, uh backward like in the back agenda to get your work out to get more work but yeah you were just straight hustling doing your things people weren't mm -hmm. asking you to do it so that's yeah and that's crazy and how yeah. much more of that grind uh, did dude, take like I, let's flash forward you go to yeah, la I to la and yeah i was like still sleeping in my car i didn't really know anybody and didn't have any opportunities and i got a job washing dishes because that was like the lowest easiest thing i could do oh, i didn't true, have any yeah. other experience I didn't even have experience as a server and like they're mm -hmm. pretty picky in la about serving so i was like all right screw you i'm just gonna get a dishwashing job and i just need something to keep me afloat and buy groceries or whatever and then like um i would be like driving around town all day looking for walls and then i would like find crossfit gyms and i would be like i would approach them and be like hey i'd love to paint a, a cool crossfit mural for your gym here and i would literally make a list of all the crossfit gyms in la and Damn. go to them one by one and savage and like drive to every single one and like then i would like at the end of the day be like they said this or they said no they're not interested or they might be interested send a sketch and i have like a chart and then you know none of those actually panned out i never actually did any crossfit murals um and uh i was like all right i'm gonna stop trying to get paid for these i'm gonna start throwing stuff up mm. and um eventually i landed on circus liquor in north hollywood and um i i after a bunch of no's um they finally were just uh the ones who said yeah i don't care it's either like no green light. or i don't care and i take that i don't care and i sprint 100%. and i'm like let's go baby yeah. and so you know i was painting from like eight to three or four and then i would pack up my stuff drive across the valley wash dishes and then you know until wash dishes from like five or six to like two in the morning and then sleep in my car and then do it again Dude, until it was done i love mm. the hustle man and then I painted another one in Midtown, the Deadbeat Trio there, mm. which is still there. Like both of those murals are still there, actually. That's crazy, and that's this another epic. Awesome. Do you have you don't have a you do have a video of that one? Yeah, Deadbeat that's when I started making videos. Okay, where I was like, I you know, it's a good keystone marker. I even made timeline. a video of like my trip across country, um, but I wasn't like a YouTuber back then. I was more of like the like the just shoot stuff and like shoot myself, but yeah. I wasn't like addressing the camera or sure, things like that sure. i wasn't talking to the camera and like yeah. hey what's up with kipto i'm here in la like yeah i was like just like documenting the stuff mm -hmm. and like getting quick five minute videos of the process mm -hmm. um and um what's crazy is you know the the mural that i did in north hollywood that first one on the back of circus liquor that's like my first mural in la the first video in la and then that was in April. And then by October, I got an email from this place called The Muse Rooms, which was opening up. It was like a co-working space. And they didn't even see the work in person. They saw my YouTube video. Oh, yes. Because they were searching North Hollywood mural. And that was like in my title. And um, they reached out to me and they said, hey, we love your work. We want you to paint your work in our space it wasn't like pinch me it wasn't like hey 
you're good at painting. Yeah. Can you paint this? Yeah, for which, us? which is the majority, right? Yeah, of sort of those situations. Because I'm not doing a gymnastics mural with kids doing flips and stuff. Right. I'm not doing a New Hampshire themed mural in a restaurant. Right. They're like, hey, your work is dope. We That's see so the potential sweet. in you. We want you to flex in our space and make our space mm -hmm. look cool with your work. And I'm like, that was the opening moment where I was like, oh shit, mm -hmm. this is what I wanted. And I'm still great friends with them. They've like, they've linked up with me for a bunch of projects mm -hmm. for their spaces. And they're like, they've had some struggles in, since COVID, but they're now opening up another space in Hollywood. And like, they're hustlers just like me. They're, they're super good at business. And like, I look up to them and like, they've invited me to all their parties. And like, the first clients I ever had are like still really good friends of mine. And that's like, so awesome. Um, and I just kept going. Like, I got, so many stories after that that's just like the beginning but. yeah well that's what i want to know because i think that i think that grind that come up to kind of summarize that wonderful kind of sonnet you just displayed on us it's like that's what people are so interested in they're so curious not for just entertainment purposes but to like for how other people i mean i'm sure you get a million questions about your come up that's why you made those videos or how do you start doing murals how do you develop your style blah 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 but you know you hear a lot of the similar stories people like you it's like grind work you know a yeah. disc job all night and paint as much as you can throughout every day you know so it's like it's never the other way it's never oh yeah i just got lucky and some people said yes i mean throughout the grind and mm -hmm. hustle bustle did you get it? but i think that's super interesting i mean i kind of knew that but it's it's even more epic to hear that um and so i kind of want to transition knowing that to the success of videos because i think me being a super fan and you know that it's funny kipto has been here for like a day and a half now and i've just been like regurgitating every video he's ever done and every mural and he's just like wait what you know that i'm like yeah dude i watch every single video i have been you and 1000 were like my you know big guys that i loved and mm -hmm. um because and again like i obviously i like your artwork and your style is so cool but the reason i was so attracted to you through the videos was the video you know, we were talking just like last night about the stop motion video with the panels and they're interchanging and the art is super good, but it's such a sick video. It's so cool. And like, it's clearly a lot of work and like, I'm just such a nerd for videography. And you also were saying earlier that like, you know, you just keep pushing yourself and that you look back on your videos, even that are so dope, I think. And you're like, oh, I could do so, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. when did this whole like directorial videography aspect come in? and why uh, i mean <laughs> i mean i told you i was 13 years old making movies right, in my backyard right. and i don't know it was more of like an innate thing that i just couldn't help and blending it's like obsessed with like you know mission impossible and die hard and then i got more like interested in like more dramatic movies or human experience movies mm. and um i don't know it's just like um you know i know i have friends who are like obsessed with making art and making music and it's the same thing except i don't make music i make movies mm -hmm. and um like it's just like an extra expression that's allowing us to you know flex these creative muscles that we just can't help and it's like it's almost like an itch that you just have to scratch or else like you start to get antsy or like you you know that's why we love making youtube videos mm -hmm. and why we make love documenting our work and being silly and goofy and like finding new ways to um presented to the audience sure. because like number one it's great like marketing and entertainment and like it's fun for us to make the videos it yeah. helps us have fun with it instead of just like doing another painting mm -hmm. like it's you know it's 
you know, we're humans and we're goofy guys and we like yeah. to do that stuff. But also it's just like, there's this other part of us that just craves like learning and mm -hmm. craves to just, you know, get better. And, um, you know, movie making is a feat in itself. Like I see you have my movie on there. We're going to talk anyways. about that. We're going to go into that soon. I mean, I can talk about it right now if you want. Yeah, no, I think it's just a segue, but like, I totally agree. And I've said this a lot and I'll say again, but I think like videography and the video aspect is like an absolutely massive other creative outlet for me. It's not just to supplement the business and to make videos, to expose, to get sponsorships and money. It is like totally another language that I love that I want to get better at. I want to keep pushing it. How many different ways can you film a painting? You know, it gets redundant, yeah. but that creative experience of, you know, we're getting so weird. You guys should watch the video. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome. But like, we're getting so weird putting this canvas video together, paint each other. But like, yeah, it's, it, it's another creative outlet. Like, it's so weird. I talk about this kind of like perpetual pie chart of like, we make a painting, we film the painting, and then we edit the video of the painting. And the video itself is a piece of work, I think for me, and I'm sure yeah. you agree, but it's also to document the other piece of work. So it's this weird kind of perpetual cycle. Maybe I didn't just do a good job of explaining yeah, that, but, but like, you know what I mean, Yeah, right? but also like even in the end, like the painting might be the end product in the video, Mm -hmm. but the video is the end product exactly exactly <laughs> it, it, the painting is just the content right that makes up the project the subject of the, matter exactly which is yeah. very like two birds with one stone but also very like paradoxical and it's like i always say this is like what is the project the painting or the video and a lot of times it is the video mm -hmm. um because like you said the painting is just a subject but i think that's so cool and so this goes perfectly into kipto versus robot if people are fans of kipto which i'm sure everyone watching is he did the coolest thing ever. And this is when I was like, are you kidding me, man? Because I, I, we're very similar. I think we have a lot in common in the realm of our interest of videography. Um, and so give us the elevator pitch of what Kiptoverse Ro Robot is. And so Kiptoverse Robot is um, alternate universe reality near future where the, um, in Los Angeles, the government puts these anti-graffiti robots in charge of painting over all the artwork in the city. And I'm um, the last guy to stand up for my livelihood. Hell yeah. And it's like, what, a 12-minute short film. Mm -hmm. Super legit. Like, not, I mean, all your YouTube videos are super legit. But this is like, you had a DP, you know, you were doing casting, you did props, you like, like a full-blown Yeah, music. but it wasn't like as big as you think. It was basically just me and my roommate. No, no, but and... you was big. It was like... Well, like, the project was massive. Humble. The project was massive, but it was basically just me and my roommate. Right. tackling chet everything right? chet shout chet and like man we were just hanging out one day like he recently moved in and we were acquaintances and mm. we quickly became really good friends and like we were he was like a move a filmmaker as well mm. and we were just chatting one day on the couch and we thought of this cool idea of like having these robots painting over the artwork and then i'm fighting and then we get into this scuffle and like, <laughs> we were like who's gonna win and when we're like Let's do it. Wait, this could actually like be a thing. Yeah. We could like we could actually make this. Hell yeah. And then before we even we never even wrote a script. Mm. We, it was basically an outline of the action points. And before we even finished the ending or like three quarters of the way through, we were like just started building the robot because we were so antsy. Wow. So we were like, we'll figure out the ending later and all that stuff. Like, let's just start building the robot. And so then, you know, when we're 
in this creative vibe and we're building the robot and stuff like then we'll start to flesh out the rest of the story but we really just want to this is like the main idea here and let's just start going on this so we got like these foam mats you know that were from home depot right. you just puzzle piece together and then we had like dollar store plastic and you know um, sand castles and trash bins and just like stupid stuff and like you know that was literally like the most collaborative same page i've ever been with anyone mm. and it was just so inspiring and like uh like exciting and challenging and fulfilling and frustrating and like rewarding and like we took us three months to build this robot suit by that time we kind of figured out the plot points but we were still iffy on some things and mm. sometimes like he was a bartender and i was doing my mural thing and i had a couple jobs here and there and and like then i would even like go to columbia for a month or two and like have to put the project on hold um but like there would be times when he would come home from work or i would come home from work and we would just bust through the door and be like remember that thing mm -hmm. i figured it out nice or remember wow. that plot point yeah. like this is how we're gonna do that i love that and uh it was so awesome dude and then like you know when i came when it came time to film he had a buddy ted who was like helping him with um filming stuff I was the main actor, and then he, Chet had another guy who was uh, inside the robot mm -hmm, suit, so mm -hmm. I could fight someone. And um, and basically, we were co-directing the whole thing, and we basically had Chet behind camera doing DP and co-directing, and I would be doing all of my own stunts and all my own acting and all this stuff, and we'd have to choreograph the fights totally. in our parking yeah. lot and do it over and over and over again. I'd have to learn how to do a backflip and like all this awesome stuff and just just like kept building on top of it and top of it and like when it came down to shoot we found this freaking absolutely perfect location we were looking right. for three days straight looking for locations i would go on google maps and just find blank walls yeah. and like try and figure out ways to shoot and it was going to be a challenge because like we have all this equipment and we're not going to want to like shoot out on the street in the open like at night in la that's like kind of iffy you know totally um, since we're doing a guerrilla style, but then miraculously, it was like literally the last building on the list. And I'm like, you know what? They're probably not going to say yes, but we just literally have to ask because you never know. You never know. And there's like, we pull up and it's like this parking space with like a gate and everything. And there's like the walls like inside the parking space. Right. We walk in and, um, where the guy who we're supposed to talk to is on the phone down the hallway over there and we're talking to the clerk here and I'm like hey we're talk to uh can we talk to the boss we'd love to paint a mural on your space here and he's like yeah he's down there and we look across the hallway and he's just like he looks like a fucking hard ass and we're like <laughs> great put on your uh put on your sales hat okay. you know and then he hangs up the phone. You know, I have a printout of my work here. Mm. So immediately he can see what I can do. You have do. like a pitch. You're like ready to yeah, pitch. Yeah. So we walk up to his desk and we're like, hey, how you doing? Uh, this is me and my buddy Chad. We're here. Uh, I'm a local muralist in town. <laughs> Actually, it was, <laughs> it was funny because it was easier to say we're both muralists than yeah. for me to say I'm a muralist. Okay. So like the whole gags at the whole finding location like was a like, he's a total, <laughs> totally muralist too. <laughs> But uh, like, hey, we're muralists in town and we saw this beautiful wall and we're not looking for any money. We just love to, you know, beautify your space here with a really solid, cool piece of work that you can. So you didn't tell them even about the short film thing. This was just to get the access. We got to work our way in slowly. Okay, I like that. I like that. So we're like, we'd love to paint a mural. And he saw my piece of paper with my printout work on it. And he's like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> I'm like, 
well, that's not what I expect you to sound like, but uh, okay, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that you think it's great. And then he's like, uh, that sounds really nice. Yeah, I'd like that. And I'm, we're both looking at each other like, gentleman. Um, uh, okay, great. Uh, he's like, do you want to go out and look at it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, let's go check it out. So we went outside, looked at the wall. It was beautiful. Mm. It was massive. There was like two doorways, right, yep, garage doorways there. But I was like, I'll work around it. I'll figure out my sketch later. And then, um, you know, we slowly worked into it. Like, actually, Chet's going to be like doing like a cool time lapse of me. Mm. Uh, do you think that'd be okay? And he's like, yeah. yeah, no problem. And we were like, actually, you know, we think it might be maybe doing it at night. We're trying some experimental stuff. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, no problem. You know, All I'll right. leave an extension cord for you guys and I'll give you the key to the gate. Oh, what a guy. And I was like. And um, that's the green light. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. And man. That was so clutch because yeah. literally we pull up to the location before sunset, close the gate behind us, lock it, and then we have a closed private, set, yeah, private set with electricity. We could plug in our lights, and I was just like, "This is a dream come true." Totally. And the location was mad clutch. And then I, you know, I worked the sketch around it, and actually worked out well with the story elements. And we kind of had to like work around our story action bits with the location mm. but it actually ended up working out really nicely and you know if you're working with any kind of location sometimes you gotta change things in your script because you sure. have to work with the location yeah. but like that was another challenge and ex an exciting part of the process and uh you know we strapped our mattresses that we slept on we pulled the sheets off like literally our mattresses in the door in in our in our apartment strapped them to the top of chet's van drove to the location in downtown and they were like you know just threw them on the ground they were disgusting and like by the end they were all filled with nasty dirt and shit but like you know we're we're doing flips and punches and kicks right. and he's throwing me around like i got a back pad i got knee pads i got yeah. butt pads and like the only part that didn't you know uh get on the pad on the back was like these hip bones in your back Ooh. right here yeah and the first stunt that we did he throws me across the way and i have to land like on the cement because we have to get me landing on the cement right. And I did that about five or six times. Oh my God. So I realized very quickly how much this was going to hurt, yeah. this whole shoot. And I'm just like, you know, I'm an athletic guy, but holy hell, right. I'm landing right on cement. And you're really laying it on the line. And I was going full hand because it's my movie and I'm the fucking guy on the poster and the, my name's in the title. And I'm like, I got to go so hard. Can't be any other way. And, um, you know, we had you know mattresses and pads for almost every other stunt mm -hmm. but that first stunt really fucked me up man and like the i had a huge strawberry on my back oh, and, oh, and like, yeah, like, like when i laid down it was like a sharp pain like going Ooh. through my whole spine and like Ooh. i was just like well i'm in it to win it baby like let's let's do this I mean, dude yeah and let me ask you this because like did you have like did it get bigger as time went on like you had these interests, you and Chet were like, oh, let's do this. You started doing it. It's obviously a long process. Put a crap load of work into the actual props of the, the robot. There's great videos, everyone. You should watch like the behind the scenes of making it. But like, did it get bigger as time went on? You're like, oh, wow, we're doing this. We're doing this. Wow, we just got this location. Wow, it's private. Wow, we could do this at night. So was it like a slow burn of a bigger scale? And from the beginning, did you think it was going to be that big? Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, and I, I think I had ambitions and intentions for it to be as cool as I could get it, mm -hmm. but like 
quickly realized like how in over my head I was and then quickly realized how lucky I was getting. Yeah. And quickly I realized like this is going to be a reality and this is literally going to be as cool as we wanted it to be. Totally. And you worked, for, yeah. it was like what, a year, right? Of production? Pretty much, yeah. Off and on for a year. And it was five days of shooting. Right. Um, And then it was, you know, six months of editing. And then, you know, I even... You know, I did all the sound design myself. I remember. Uh, it's cool. It's like painting with sound. It was, mm -hmm. you know, every robot move had to have a noise, and I replaced the spray gun with like a yeah. intimidating. Yeah. And then, you know, I even hired <laughs> like my buddy from high school knew a composer, and I met him once at a Super Bowl party or something in passing. And then I hit him up, and it was like kind of late in the game, and I, you know, I kind of Chet knew like a sound designer, and he like said yeah he, he can compose it and like you know i got the first pass of his composing back and like i almost shit my pants because i was like this isn't it man. oh really like, not what you want like i put all this work into this movie and it's gonna sound like mm, this man. like uh wow and then like i got in touch with this this other guy my friend's friend and i was like running out of time you know we set a date mm. and it was only like maybe a little over a month until we're supposed to like, you know, premiere this mm -hmm. thing, which is like an arbitrary date, but you got to finish it sometime. Yeah. You got to give that deadline. And then, um, he, w I gave him like the, the lock, the locked, what do you call it? Picture lock. Um, and then like gave him like a temp score of what I was inspired by, like from Captain America, winter soldier, mm -hmm. that kind of vibe. And then immediately he was like, I'm on board. Let's do it. I love uh -huh. this. I love everything about this. Like I'll even put some other projects on hold because I want to work on this so bad. Wow. And, you know, I paid him, you know, a pretty good rate. And then, you know, we even paid for color correction. Right. So those are the only two services that we had to hire out. Yeah. And outsource. The score and the color correction, which were 100% worth it. Like, I completely agree. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean, dude, I remember watching, like, not that I'm some like pro steven spielberg but like i understand like cinematography or like the dialogue and like all the props and like i remember just being so flabbergasted when i saw it being like oh my god like this is so legit i'm not here to smoke your salmon either i'm just being honest and it was so cool yeah and it's so legit and even though it's 12 minutes it yeah. is like a such a like compiled story and I think like even like I'll show my friends now. It's been like three years since mm -hmm. I made that. And I'll show my new friends and I'll like watch it with them and I'll just cringe, man. I'll be like Well, it's natural, right? That's like, anything. Oh like oh this part, oh this part, that. And like the it's the worst, actually the most like the worst part of the movie is like the final painting shot. Because it's just like story, 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 action, story, action, story, painting. Mm. They're just painting it this there's no motivation really behind the painting it's kind of more like a resolution and it's like they're just it's right. just like kind of sexy painting shots we couldn't have even got better shots but we were like by that point we were like didn't have any storyboards for the painting shots we we're gonna do it by the hip and we were just like this might look cool this might look cool let's slow this down let's do that and like yeah that's the weakest part of the film but you could always looking back you're gonna have the critiques you know it's impossible yeah. to have that perspective yeah. when you're making it yeah. right but i mean still like a, a huge accomplishment and i i, I mean I, my little short film it wasn't even sure if it was like a short documentary came out after and that was i mean 
it wasn't, it was very different, but like the scale. And I, I think what I took away was the ambition. Like you were saying, it's like, whoa, especially cause you had updates and I knew it wasn't just like, it wasn't like a production crew and you, it was like you, it was pretty much you and obviously your homie. But I was like, wow, he did that. Like, and that, and it just, I, I remember being like abnormally ambitious when kind of plotting and uh, kind of trying to ask to do my little short film, but mm -hmm. um, it was awesome. And we were talking about last night and I want you to like, just slowly touch on this. Like it, one of these things, it was like this epic, huge, large scale project like that you, again, that lasted for a year. Like it's so wonderful to have that and it's hard to get it, but like this overarching extreme reach goal to have, but to consistently work on, to consistently, mm -hmm. you know, blood, sweat and tears into. Totally. And are you longing perhaps for something like that in the future here? Totally, yeah. I mean, I want to do something cool like that again. Not, I'm kind of done with the action robots, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that again. Um, but I want to do more of like a human story and I want to like combine uh, like my love for that stuff with like what I'm doing currently and maybe do like a dramatic or like a dramedy TV show scripted. Dramedy. Like a beautifully shot scripted well written like story of what i do now and like all of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into painting murals like mm. my my youtube videos are like basically me painting the mural but when the camera's off sometimes that's the best stuff man mm -hmm. and like to be able to write something compelling and, and story driven and all the people that i interact with on the streets and all the crazy stuff and all the adventures i've been on and like I got stories for days and days and days and, and like I, yeah. I love to like explore that a bit and like do something like uh Lil Dicky show, Dave uh -huh. and um David Cho. David Cho's I know you're a big cool fan. and and then you know I wanna I'd love to do something like that. I feel like there's a space that's begging for something like that. Mm. And there's like so many mural artists in the world now mm -hmm. and I feel like you'll be able to connect with a lot of people. And I don't want to do a stupid reality show where they follow me around. Like I was even contacted by a Discovery Channel years ago where they were like, hey, we love your YouTube channel. We'd love to make a show on the Discovery Channel or the Travel Channel. Mm -hmm. It was like a talent agent that reached out to me and I was like literally in line to get food stamps. And they're like, hey, do you want to make a show on Discovery Channel? I'm like, You're like I'm hungry. I'm like, yeah, but let me get these food stamps real quick. <laughs> but like. You want some narrative artsy yeah not a reality i don't want a stupid reality show well it might not be stupid big guy <laughs> i would watch it <laughs> <laughs> that's basically my youtube already I no i know exactly you're exactly right and, and like scripted and beautiful right. and like characters with arcs and plots totally. and and you know i think that'd be just awesome that's I know, cool man and like and i want to take some time off later this year and maybe start writing stuff and really like pick my own brain and figure out what i could do Maybe it's like the come up from LA. Maybe it's when I go to South America. Maybe it's, I don't know, but I think at least it's something that I can dig into rather than just chugging away on YouTube videos for the rest of my no, freaking life. No, I agree. Life. I mean. And um, like, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd love to at least take some time. Like I'm working on one of my biggest mural projects ever, the biggest budget I've ever had coming up in October. And I'll be able to take some time off to Hell yeah, bro. To focus on some stuff. And that's a secret. Stuff. Secret. No, just kidding. But that's so sick. I think that's totally true. We were talking about this the other day that, or last night. That's why I asked because I think I totally agree. And like you said, pick your own brain. Take a step back. I mean, for me, like this whole move in the studio was like 
you know, it was like the first time in like two months I was still making videos, but where I wasn't having that like crackhead, you know, pressure to make videos. And like, I kind of stepped away for a good amount of time. Also when I actually broke my leg, like I didn't do mm -hmm. any YouTube or art for like two months. And it, as tragic and catastrophic that was physically, like mentally, it was like one of the best breaks I've had in four years. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of like dig deep, do some emotional like archaeology within yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially if you have those interests and agendas to kind of switch up and do yeah. other creative stuff that I know you love. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for that, buddy. Um, can we talk? Can we talk about murals and paintings real quick? Because yeah, I really like I to dive in. Dabble. I'll decide. I dabble. Um, because I love, I mean, again, like I don't talk to many painters and artists. The the first homie on the podcast, this guy, um, Dean, actually, his first name is Dean. He's a great oil painter. And I love just like actually the tech and like we're about to paint together. So I'm going to find out more. But I want to differentiate you because, again, I loved in the early videos you had, you have those oil paintings, you have some small canvas works. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of your work is massive murals beautiful and working at that big scale is such a different experience i think than mm -hmm. working on small paintings but also you had your your gallery show that was all paintings and that was mm -hmm. before covid right like right before 2019 yeah. yeah um so and we're doing canvases here and i'm excited to see you with a paintbrush in your hands but can you talk about like the difference between those two and what you like or i don't know open-ended question yeah i i don't know man someone asked me this like on my mural in mary and they were like why murals and i'm just like i don't know it just feels more natural to mm. me man like i'm just i can bust out a key humongous mural in a week and it takes me a year to paint one little canvas oh that's interesting and like uh you know i just uh I just become accustomed to it and like the experience of it all and like painting outside using my whole body right you know intervening a space it's not even about that as much as just like i just like painting big and yeah. using you know rollers and just getting it up there and like getting <laughs> dirty and sunburned and hot and yeah. sweaty and i'm out there i'm grinding i work really hard well for it's like i think people uh, even me i haven't i've done some murals not nearly as many or as big as you but the physicality i think is overlooked i mean your shoulders a, are what titanium i have a like steel? a residual exhaustion from <laughs> painting like for a month straight murals and stuff and like yeah. i feel like i can't even catch up but, like even if i sit down on the couch for a little bit i'm like mm -hmm. i'm like nodding off i feel like i'm past due for like a few days off but like uh you know like it's definitely like a marathon race and like the, especially the one i did in marion with my biggest 175 footer and it was like that was outrageous east to west and like it's literally sun all day mm -hmm. and i'm out there in my long sleeve and my sun hat and like you get up there and by like 10 30 in the morning you're wet you're just wet <laughs> And you're just marinating in your own sweat all day and you're just by the, you know you just have to like once you're out there you just like just have to get wet and you're just wet all day and you're like okay i just this is how i'm gonna be and uh yeah. like you you know and then you're up there on the lift and you have all these like materials and you gotta like organize mm -hmm. and be like that was the first time that i did a whole mural like with just rollers basically um because like usually i do rollers and then i spray on the details but right this wall was so big, I wasn't even exactly sure how much spray paint I was gonna need. Oh, I've seen And yeah. like, they were also like supplying the paint for me so I don't have to pay for any of it. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I've done indoor murals with brushes and stuff. Yep. Like I don't do spray paint indoors. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I'm not like a adult, but like I can, 
I was like, let me just, because some of my favorite artists like Aries and um, like Stainer, those guys switched to just bucket paint. Like they don't use spray anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, well, I super look up to those guys. So mm -hmm. why don't I try out what they do? And it worked out fine. It was definitely like a little bit more longer process like spray is obviously a lot faster but uh i tried to do as much as i could with just the rollers and like get a nice painterly stroke in there and just yeah, like that's so interesting well that's one of the things again i'm trying to talk about like the real tech of it it's like because these the scale is so big the minute detail within the illustration in person becomes you know like massive and you don't yeah, need like, a little uh, spray paint like a fingernail becomes the size of your own head oh my gosh okay. yeah um, and so then you can make those painterly strokes with a giant exactly. roller. Yeah, and it yeah, becomes like even funner that way. All you have to do is, and you're mm -hmm. done. And like, I've been trying to get like more painterly in my work, anyways, and more like confident and defined. And like, the more I do stuff like that, the more I can just go mm. and leave it and yeah. be like, yeah, that looks good. And then you step back, and it has all these beautiful like strokes, and it's all like kind of like step gradient style but it has these nice layered effect to it mm -hmm. and it's like my limited palette totally. and it's just like you do that for the whole thing and it looks really nice totally can you yeah. talk about that a little because i absolutely love that and i it's one of the main questions you got for the instagram post that we'll go into at the end but your style and i'm pretty like not to toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty expert on your style because I love it and I've been watching. I think it's so amazing. I think that's a, another reason I'm attracted to different artists is because of the unique style, not just like the iconography, the style of composition and your characters, but you know, your color palette is so you, your shirt, you know, like mm -hmm. the, 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 what is it? It's like pale. It's like a off, off I mean, white, red, blue, whatever. There's other ones, yeah, but it definitely like swings back and forth. But. Yeah. But it's so you and then you do that sort of order of operational step um, value system which probably is also very efficient to paint large scale quickly but it also lends its hand to that sort mm -hmm. of style and like you, you have what like you usually work like four or five values and yeah yeah so you're really limiting yourself but it gives you, you enough like, you know basically three colors to work with and then like the tints or shades or values whatever you call it mm -hmm. like in between those and i might have a total of like between five and seven colors for the whole thing. Right. And I just paint the whole thing with that. And it's more, it was born out of necessity. I completely, yeah, I feel you. And it was born out of like painting murals and like, well, if I'm going to paint this whole wall, I'm just going to get a few colors and just do the whole thing with that. Yeah. It becomes a space saver. Mm -hmm. It becomes a money saver and a time saver. And I was just born out of necessity. And then I just like kept doing that. And like, it's easier, number one, just for my brain. Uh, and number two, it looks very cohesive. Yep. And number three, it's it has a nice pop to it. And number four, again, it's easier. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, you hit it. Uh, it's harmonious and yeah. efficient. Yeah. And yeah. But it's also like a defining characteristic of everything. Because obviously, if you wanted to you know when we're gonna paint this paint have 16 different colors you know you can get all weird and twerked out with whatever mm -hmm. you want but you know it's very um very your style which i love mm -hmm. all right so we did post on the Slutiverse instagram which everyone should follow because that's where we talk about new guests and you could ask direct questions and we had a bunch of people obviously because people love you and also we're in the same vein so there was i think like almost a couple hundred but i narrowed it down to couple five hundred yeah bro questions questions that people submitted you know, on the Instagram story. Oh my God. I picked my favorite. So this first one, 
Who cares, Alicia? What is your favorite place that you have traveled to or painted a mural in? Because again, we didn't really touch on this, but one of the things that makes Kipto so epic is he's extremely global, going around the world for the past five years. Um, favorite place? I think first one might be Colombia, mm. just because it was like a special place because that was like the first time where I forayed into the world myself as a solo traveler. And it was like my first time really getting after what I wanted because I just uh, I just got fired from the Amazing Race for like a season and I was wait like, what yeah we should have talked about love <laughs> but you were a contestant no I was like in the art department oh yeah there's like All a right. whole team behind for the next show. podcast we do we'll go deep down all right I mean that's definitely a story for another time but yeah <laughs> uh good yeah Goyim. So I realized like, oh, I definitely don't want to do that, but I know what I do want to do. So let's start traveling. And I went to South America. I did my whole little Europe. I mean, my whole South America tour. Right. I went to Bogota, Buenos Aires and Rio. And Bogota was the first stop. And I was like ridiculously nervous. I'm just mm. some white kid from New Hampshire going to this like crazy Latina place. But uh, when I got there, I had already like messaged these guys from who are who are like painters down there and like tour guides and stuff and they helped me out tremendously and they immediately met me when I got there and we were just like I was like, Oh, this is this is great and this is easy and I met Javier Almiron, who was like mi parce. He's like uh, my homie and like yeah. uh it was great, man. We painted two murals there and like that was like my first step into like doing what I do now for like international stuff. And I, yeah. you know, met a girl and had a great time. And yeah, it's good. That's oh, great. Oh, yeah. The cool thing about all these stories that Kipto is talking about is like, there's literally videos of every single thing he's talking <laughs> okay, about. Yeah. So I've seen them all. So I'm just picturing, I remember Javier yeah. and the videos. Yeah. And, um, all right. So that's great. Yeah. We'll do kind of medium rapid fire on these. Andrew tight. Till bomb oh nine a time that you felt most accomplished uh the premiere of kipto versus robot hell yeah you're super happy with yourself we hired we we not hired we invited like 50 or 60 <laughs> of our friends we hire our friends to be friends yeah with we hired <laughs> no. uh no we we invited a bunch of our friends and we bought like 150 beers and some tequila and we just like we just literally told everyone like just come watch the thing we made with us yeah and like it was in this like cool uh, my homie bo spencer hooked up like this uh dope art loft space it was like a friend deal and uh it was super cool we had to like buff out the wall like 10 minutes before everyone got there oh. projected it on the wall the composer had his buddy bring in beautiful speakers oh, so it yeah. sounded epic and Absolutely. like waited for the sun to go down we're just drinking for an hour talking about the project hanging out with everybody it finally got dark and then Clicked on the movie. Everyone sat down on the floor. Didn't even have chairs. Yeah. Just sat on the floor and watched the thing up there. And like within five minutes, everyone's cheering and going, like, yeah, Kipto, yeah, get him. Oh, yeah. And I was just sitting there like soaking it up. Like all this pain and all this hard work and all these challenges are so worth it for these little 12 minutes. Totally. Like that entire year of work boils down to these 12 minutes and it was worth it two like tenfold and so yeah that's very that sticks out in my mind a lot that's a good one and i feel like i agree also didn't you send it to mad film um I contest sent it to a bunch of uh yeah you got in a bunch i got a, a couple of awards yeah. went to france and that's so sick yeah um here's a great one jill est jillist sorry guys if i'm botching these how did you get your name uh yeah that's not really a cool story unfortunately i know but what is that can you give us the acronym 
Uh, the official acronym is uh, Kinetic Imagination Presented Through Our Experience. Nice. So that's basically saying like, you know, take what you've learned, take what you've experienced and feed it back into your work in a kinetic, imaginative way and be able to have other people experience it in a way that you can translate it and have them experience it and then feed it back into their lives. It's like a cool cycle. Make it kinetic, make it fun, make it, you know, use your imagination, you know, and um, that's kind of basically what that acronym stands and for. And when did you, when did that moniker begin? Uh, I coined that slogan way after I came up with the name, so. <laughs> okay, but when did Kipto, like, when was the mon Kipto moniker? Like, I was that high use, school? I started or using no? that, like, right after, high, uh, right after I graduated college. Okay. So basically, before, right before I moved to LA, I was like, let me reinvent myself. Oh, right. Came up with the well, name. Yeah. I always liked Kip as like a cool cowboy name. Yeah. And I just kept making up letters for, to fill out the name. And uh, Kipto, uh, K-I-P-T-O, is actually a name in Ethiopia. Um, and then I added the E on it uh, as like a unique thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I, every time I would come up with a name, like it took me two days to find those last three letters. But uh, <laughs> then I finally, I, every time I would come up with a name, I'd Google it and Instagram it and see yeah. what would come up. Right. And finally, like Kipto, nothing came up. And I got Kipto.com. I use it for all my socials. I've only and, heard uh, of one Kipto. Yeah, so I could. I was like, let me, you know, come up with a name so I can write those six letters on the wall, and then people look that up, and all everything of mine comes up. Yeah, no, that's smart. I like that. L Wood, did you ever find that the idea is better than the end product? I thought this was a great question. That is a great question. Um, yes, uh, it goes both ways because. Like you have this great idea and then you execute and you're like, man, that sucks. Mm. And then like, you just kind of have to try again next time or goes the other way where you're kind of like iffy on an idea. And then finally you get through that tough wall in the middle and it's right. like, this sucks. Yep. And you finally break through and it's like, I love it. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So it definitely goes both ways for sure. Totally. I think yeah. that. I think, and I think about this a lot in a general overarching way, that our brains are so powerful, especially like artists who do it a lot and you're always constantly thinking about ideas. It's like sometimes the idea and conception is, you know, like ever, like it's like a godly idea that's in your brain and you can never almost share that perspective because it's you or it's me and it's my idea and it's what I think. And that idea comes with like internal feelings mm -hmm. and making something can almost never live up to that initial explosion spark. But like you said, some ideas are not as dramatic as that. And then you could surprise and surpass yeah, yourself. But I, totally. I think that's totally true. And I think about that a lot. I'm sure a lot of artists can um, uh, relate to that. Exactly. Okay, last one. Lee McBoy. What's it like being in the studio? Dude, it's so amazing. It's really cool in here. I'm like, I told you, I'm super proud of you, man. I'm oh, really thanks, inspired bro. by like your, well, you're a big inspiration your hustle. For me, so like it's, you know, you started with your studio in Connecticut. It wasn't really what you wanted it to be. And then you're like, I got to go where the people are. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did when I moved to LA. I'm mm -hmm. like, I got to go where the sharks are. I want to be a shark. Hell yeah. And so um, it's cool that you're finally like in New York City and like, even just this little corner here and like the other studio is like your full studios out there and it's just like you have this really awesome setup and i'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of it and i think you are inspiring yourself in a way to have the space to be able to have the work to breathe and and develop what you want to develop and like like we were talking about earlier you don't even really know exactly what yeah. you want but 
you're here to figure it out and like you might stumble across something that you never even thought of totally. before. And so that's cool about having a a space for sure. Um, and like my studio at home, like I live currently in Joshua Tree and I have like a little garage studio there. And like, I don't have ambitions of like building a big team or, or doing the things that you wanna do. Like mm -hmm. we're obviously different people. Um, and I honestly, I feel a little bit more at home when I'm traveling than I than when I'm at home. Right. But like, um, that's just the first time that I've had my own kind of space. And uh, it's definitely like a, you have a lot of pride and, yeah. and a lot of uh, gusto mm. to be able to turn this space into what you can do with it. You know, yeah, like, you can sort of milk ideas a little, you know what and I mean? Like, and like nothing's forever. So, you know, it's like a finite amount of yeah. time and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to uh, have a, a place to work. Well, thanks, bro. Well, I'm glad you've blessed this place with your presence. Yeah, dude. Oh, this is an epic podcast. We're about podcast. to freaking rock out on Yeah, we're canvases, about to man. rock. I'm so excited. Maybe even Chris will flash the photos we took. Took these super dramatic, epic photos of each other. We're going to paint each other. The video of us and Kipto's channel, my channel, will probably be out maybe a week or two after this podcast comes out. But you should totally, obviously, check out all of Kipto's socials. I mean, come on. If you don't know him by now, this is just blasphemous but wonderful man i mean uh, hopefully you'll come back also i know you're gonna be in new york eventually once yeah, once more but um Gotta come back any last words uh keep grinding keep hustling keep yeah. loving uh don't Kipto's be a hustler everybody don't be too hard on yourself but also have high ambitions make sure to love your friends uh you know uh what do you call it unconditionally and make sure to say hi to your mom yeah honestly shout out our moms love you mom and dad my brother just had a my brother just had a baby i'm a funkle now <laughs> funkle what's that a fun uncle oh a fun uncle yeah well you have to be the fun uncle yeah he's gonna come out when he's like 16 at la i'm gonna show him around oh, 16 man. years from now clear the streets <laughs> all right episode seven over thanks bro peace